0: Arts news from around the area. Welcome to The Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Promoting and supporting the arts, arts organizations, and artists throughout Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Creative Cafe. I'm Kristen Chesick, back here with you today, this lovely morning. I'm here today with Sam Zhang, who has just published her second children's book, uh, The First Boat, Dragon Boat Festival, right? first Dragon yes, boat Festival. The first
2: Dragon Boat Festival, which is coming up later in June. In June. Okay. <laughs>
1: yes. Well, welcome back, Sam. Uh, what's your favorite morning beverage?
2: Well, it has to depend on whether I've stayed up all night or not. <laughs> okay. So if I have, as I have been this little whole, it's been a very um, common thing for me to stay up all night now, waiting for my kids to go to bed and working all night through. Um, I usually enjoy a cup of Rubio's tea you okay. know, before I go to bed in the morning.
1: <laughs> I gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, welcome back to the show. Can you tell us
2: a little bit about yourself, your background, your journey as an artist? Sure. Um... My background's actually in, starts in neuroscience, so I have a PhD in neuroscience from the University of Michigan, and then after that, I went into marketing and communications um, just because I want to like, spread the word in terms of science and communications, and like, instead of you know, hiding all that knowledge behind language and jargon, I wanted to like, share more things with everybody. Sure, so, uh, so what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, so in the very beginning, I wanted to be a singer and actor Okay. because my dad was a stage, um, he was an opera singer, like Italian opera singer, even though he was Chinese, in the Shanghai Opera Conservatory, Uh and also a stage actor. So that's, um, I loved music when I was young, so that's what I wanted to be as well. Yeah. But then once I moved to the States, I think that just wasn't open to me anymore because that's not what they... I'm not the kind of person they expect to see on stage. It oh. has changed a lot in recent years. Okay, But um, then, you know, I turned towards my other love, which was books. Right. Because even when I was super young, like, I'm one of those lucky kids who could just get anything I wanted whenever I asked for. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I would ever, ever always only ask for is books. First, audio books, <sighs> and then once I could read real books. Yeah. okay, And mostly about, like fantasy and, you know, Mm -hmm. the really old stuff, like the original Grimm's fantasy stuff and Chinese, like, mythology and things. Oh, okay. So, yeah, once I moved to the States, um, that love continued and won a few couple of essay stuff when I was a little kid. And even though I went to science, you know, it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to eventually be an author. And somehow I became a children's book author and went down that path. Okay. Where did you, where did you go to school? Um, for my undergrad, I went to Cornell University, mm-hmm. and then off to University of, of Michigan. And in both cases, it was for biology and neuroscience. Ah, gotcha. And is, is that what brought you to the States? Yeah, I ca- but um, after I graduated, I actually went to Vancouver, mm-hmm. D.C., in Canada for yeah. a while. And that's where I opened up my marketing and um, design firm over there. Gotcha. Gotcha. And actually right now you currently
1: serve as the executive director for the Chinese Academy here in Kalamazoo. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Academy is about?
2: Sure. So the um, KCA, as it's more commonly known, so the Kalamazoo Chinese Academy, we basically serve all people of all backgrounds and providing them the opportunity to learn Chinese language. And we also have a lot of performing arts programs. And um, they've been doing really great, and we've been getting a lot of invitations to perform at sporting events and large company events. But we have the uh, traditional Chinese dance, just kind of like ballet, but with Chinese elements to it. Okay. Like, yeah, folk dancing. Um, in addition to that, we have Chinese yo yo, which is always very fancy and with flip stuff flying in the air, and lion dance, and also, a little bit of youth martial arts as well now. So.
1: Oh, okay. So who who is the? You said for, it's for everybody, but but who is the academy geared towards? Is it geared towards students? Is it geared towards adults?
2: Ah, great question. So we serve our, all our students um, are under eighteen. Okay. The youngest is around four. Oh, okay. Yes, but we often get um, adults who come and ask us. For language classes and we okay. usually direct them to WMU. They have community Chinese language classes, classes. and we right. often share the same teachers. So, Okay and so uh,
1: the Chinese Academy, Kalamazoo Chinese Academy's uh, KCA is for students. So as young as four and as old as 18 is that?
2: Yes that's correct. So we also have you no know, Chinese AP um, prep for the older kids. Okay and in the summer we're thinking about doing more like art workshops for traditional Chinese art as well as like I'm thinking about doing um, helping kids you know like get them into self-publishing and stuff Mm -hmm. because I've had a lot of people ask me how to do that and there's a lot of kids out there who also want to be authors. Right right
1: yeah let's talk a little bit about that so you're also the CEO of Brilliant Access Media you you mentioned that you started that when you were out in Vancouver and you brought that with you um you specialize in marketing and design for publishing and multicultural and educational literature so how did you end up in that field and how did you end up creating that organization
2: So, actually while i was at u U of m um in the labs it was like dark and no windows i had no idea what was going on (laughs) outside yeah and then i went off into the business school section of u of m and then especially the chinese entrepreneurship network and everyone was really excited and like their bright eyes and they want to share their ideas and change the world. It was a completely different environment from science and that's the kind of environment I wanted to be in. Okay. And so when I went to Vancouver, um, I got together a bunch of like um, newly graduated students from their art school there. Mm-hmm. And we all just you know worked together, pretty much getting clients, working with companies who either wanted to um, come from China into the North American market or vice versa. And we help with localization and stuff like that and providing design. Because what people expect in design is so different based on their own cultural experiences.
1: Okay. Can you talk a little bit about that? How is it it different?
2: Well, in the States, um, well, you guys know what you expect in ads, right? But then in China, the kind of websites you would see is less image-intensive and a lot wordier. Oh, okay. And then in, in different parts of Asia, too, in Japan, for example, it's all just, like, text-on-text text and tabs, which would not be appealing to an American audience. Ah, oh, I gotcha. And the same with social media. Like, the kind of social medias we have here, mm-hmm. we, there's, like, almost exactly the same thing, but a completely whole no um atmosphere of like different things. Although WeChat is now here and popular, but Right, and WeChat well. is a, a Chinese
1: application, social media application. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so much
2: wordier uh, <laughs> Pacific Rim wise. Yeah, different okay. color schemes and all of that kind of stuff. Gotcha. But so, so you had to learn both. Um, Do you work so, in both worlds then? Yeah. As the um, kind of CEO, my job was really to get clients, um, r- build relationships, and then <laughs> I had real art students and marketing like <laughs> professionals working under who actually knew what they were doing. Gotcha,
1: gotcha, okay. And um, uh, there was some publishing involved there, right,
2: as well? Or um, you're more self-published? So right now, um, after I left Vancouver, because mm-hmm. all of my – my group of people were there and all my clients were there. So when I left, I kept the Brilliant Access name because it's kind of like a combination of my name and what we do. Uh Because Brilliant Liang, my first name, means like bright and light. And Access wanted to provide access for all people to all information. Mm -hmm. And then media. So that B-A-M, BAM, impact. (laughs) So I really liked the name, so I kept it. And um, I continued to work with a few small clients on their like marketing and design stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. designing websites and logos for them. Yeah. And then when I published myself, um, I created my own publishing imprint. And of course, I wanted to keep that name because it made sense still as brilliant access media providing access to everyone.
1: Right, right. So you publish under BAM, Yes. Okay, that's great. Hey, we have to take a short break here. But when we come back, uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Sam Zhang, including information about her second children's book that was just published. We'll be right back.
0: The Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo wants you to know that summertime is here, and that means the arts moves to the great outdoors. Check out all the wonderful summer concert series and programs being offered in our local communities through Summertime Live on the Arts Council's website, kalamazooarts.org. Or visit the Art Hop page to see what's in store next for this one of a kind program. At the Arts Council, they always strive to make innovative and creative expression an everyday occurrence. And thanks to their members, there are so many things to see and do in and around Kalamazoo. Take advantage of all that summer has to offer, including Kalamazoo's unmatched arts scene, by visiting the Arts Council online at KalamazooArts.org. That's KalamazooArts.org. You'll be glad you did. This message is brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Proudly serving Kalamazoo and helping to amplify the arts in our community since 1966. You're listening to the Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO.
1: And we're back. Welcome back to Creative Cafe. I'm here with Samantha Zhang, who has just published her second children's book, The First Dragon Boat Festival. Welcome back.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, the last time you were on our show, we talked about your first book, The First Lantern Festival.
2: Um, and how did the sales for that go? It went pretty great the first month. Um, It was one of the the number one multicultural children's book on Amazon for a few days, which was a huge surprise to me since it was my first book and I had no (laughs) idea it could even get there. right? And what was that book about? um, It was all about how the first Lantern Festival got started. The story of a poor servant girl who wanted to see her family and how the court jester, who was also a famous um, politician, I guess, cheated everyone, including the um, emperor, into Celebrating a new festival so she can see her family. <laughs>
1: okay. And um, for those of us uh, listening who don't know what the Lantern Festival is,
2: can you, can you tell us real quick? Sure. So everyone's heard of the Chinese New Year. And usually um, Lantern Festival and Chinese New Year is used interchangeably. But in reality, the in China, the whole thing is, cel- it's, there's like a two-week celebration. And it starts with the Chinese New Year. And then two weeks later, on the night of the full moon, that is the Lantern Festival. And gotcha. it ends the celebration. Okay.
1: Well, I love the book. I read the first Lantern Festival. I have a copy up in my office. Um, But you're back with your second children's book, the first Dragon Boat Festival. What prompted you, first of all, what prompted you to start writing children's books? Because you could write, you could have chosen to write anything.
2: Yeah, I was actually been working on a young adult fiction, also based in Chinese mythology, for a few years. Um, But then I would have written the children's book much earlier if I know I could illustrate (laughs) okay but, and then, but then I was um as the director of kCA um Kalamazoo Chinese Academy, we were working with the Portage Public Library to do a ch- um story time series about Chinese holidays, and when we did that, of course, we needed to pick out books mm-hmm. and I had a real hard time finding any. All the ones that were available were cute and nice, but it's all said very little about the actual holiday itself. Okay. So at the time we were recording, I was like, Man, I should just write my own book and they were like, Yeah, you should and I was like, Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And then I did. Right, you did. Um, but yeah, the script was written, and then I was like, I need to find an illustrator. And then I was like, oh, it's like $10,000. Oh, right, right. So you ended up illustrating yourself. Yeah, but your before yourself. then, like, I haven't really drawn anything since, since high school, really. Mm-hmm. Like, my grandmother was a traditional um, landscape painter. So she's like, you know, f- has, is a disciple of like famous teachers and stuff, but... I've yeah. only been with her when I was a little tiny child. Okay. And afterwards, after college, um, my own media company, I was mostly working with like vector designs so like logos and like, you know, not character design at all. Right. But when I tried my hand at it, like it worked out. I was, I surprised myself with every page and then I showed it p- to people and other people still liked it. So <laughs> yeah, no, they, and they are, they're beautiful. Both books are
1: absolutely beautiful. They're great to look at. Um, so the second book, the the first Dragon Boat Festival, can you tell us what the Dragon Boat Festival is and then what the book's about?
2: Sure. So Dragon Boat Festival is actually one of the Chinese festivals that probably has the most kind of traditions or things that you do on that day compared to a lot of other ones. Okay. Um, so... Unlike most of my other books that will, I've already have the f- script for the next one as well. There's like a lot of pages just going through how, you know, you, the special foods and drinks you eat, uh-huh. the things you do around the house and fun activities that kids do. Mm-hmm. And then we dive into history. Um, and just like all my books in the series, it's about how each festival started and the story and legend behind them. And in this case, it's to celebrate China's very first poet. And before him, there were writing, of course, but um, there were usually no authors attributed to it. Okay. But this guy was—he his romantic poems touched everybody's hearts, and basically, um, it created a whole genre, which is poetry. <laughs> right, right. So that's what the
1: first Dragon Boat Festival is yes. about. Yes.
2: So nowadays, you know, pe- um, the main celebration when people have in mind on that day is mm-hmm. to celebrate um, him when he when his country fell, he was so sad that he jumped into the river and everyone went to look for him. So all the traditions kind of um, come from the fact that, you know, people threw food into the river to prevent the fish and shrimps from biting him and they poured wine into the river to stop the dragon from waking up. Uh And um, all, all of that was, you know, in memory of this wonderful poet who also did a lot to change his country, but then all the other nobles didn't like him because of course, when somebody make changes, yeah. other people lose money. And so he got like, um, basically, he, the emperor was convinced to send him away into oh, the countryside. Okay, okay. When is uh, the Dragon Boat Festival? I believe this year, it's June 26th or something like that. Okay, yeah. okay. But up in Grand Rapids in July, that's when they're gonna have their big Dragon Boat um, race. Race? Yes. Uh, on the river up, yeah. up, up in Grand Rapids.
1: Okay. Um, the book itself is, um, well, at least the first book. I haven't had a chance to read your second book. But you used Chinese words, and then you actually give the translation and the pronunciation. What prompted you to do that?
2: Well, I've always hated, maybe hate's a strong word, but <laughs> let's just say hate. Um, I've always really disliked how like, Chinese food, places, anything Chinese has been translated in, like, westernized in um, English, Okay. because, first of all, a lot of the ways they've done it is either silly or completely nonsensical or just makes it not what it should be. Right. Whereas if you look at, say, other, you know, multicultural foods like Italian foods, for example, you have spaghetti, lasagna. Those are all not originally English words, right? Right. And yet it's part of the vernacular and it doesn't have to be like noodles and sauce. It can just be, you know, spaghetti, right? So that's what I was um, trying to lean towards Mm -hmm. to give people a sense of what the actual um, food and names and places—all the proper nouns are actually called right. But the thing is, the proper spelling of Chinese is based on Pinyin, which is to help people pronounce things in Chinese. But when it becomes English, people don't read it quite right, quite the right way. Okay. And so I also wanted to put in um, how you would pronounce the proper English romaniz- romanization spelling of it, and how you would pronounce it actually in English using common words you might recognize. Um, but At the same time, on a deeper level, I still wanted to include the original Chinese as well because, you know, any written um, kind of Chinese name is still going to be a, like, a transformation of what it originally looked like because Chinese is much more visual language. Right. It started out actually in that every single region had its own language, and then the one emperor, actually the emperor who defeated... um, the, the, poets, the poet, the yeah. poet's country. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the one that unified all of China, and unified the language. But oh, okay. instead of unifying a spoken language, he unified the written language. So mm-hmm. Chinese is a language where everyone can look at it and know the meaning. Mm-hmm. In ancient times, even though everyone spoke it differently. So I thought it was important for me to show people um, what the original word looks like mm-hmm. as well as sound like. Okay. Can you give us an example about what,
1: what one of those words might be that we get to see in, uh, in Chinese and then the
2: translation itself? Sure. So um, let's take the river dragon for example. It just happens to be the page I flipped open. Yeah. So it in the actual Chinese word, I usually put in larger font so you can see every stroke for those who are not familiar, mm-hmm. and for those who are familiar, you get to see the real Chinese and the pinyin above. So I've been told that people really appreciate that because to be able to see that in the English children's book, it you know warms the hearts for those of us who actually speak Chinese. Right. But in this case, the river dragon. Um, in the, so, the way the book will read in terms of you know, formatting, which I had to do a little <laughs> little kind of flip in the air to make everything work so well in every page, and every time it's like a miracle. But an old doctor told everyone about the jiao long, and I have it in Chinese, and then mm-hmm. in parentheses I pr- say pronounced jiao long, like jaws as in your lower jaw, and long as in money that you would get. Yeah or a river dragon that lived under the water.
1: So, Okay, so you've chosen to the pronunciation to try to get us as close as we can to pronouncing yes. the Chinese word correctly.
2: And that also comes from the story time of the library okay. because as we were reading through it, like you know, it was obvious that librarians which tr- really wanted to say it right, but it wasn't possible with the way that it was written because of pinging. Right. So, with having English words to show the pronunciation, what makes it so much easier for everyone, for parents, for people mm-hmm. who wants to read it. And it just makes me happier that people can actually pronounce things the way it should be. Right, so. right. Well, and, and for uh, English-speaking
1: readers, I think probably makes them a little more comfortable that they're getting closer to yeah. the correct pronunciation.
2: Exactly. And eventually, um, when I have time, I hope to also do audio books so then you can actually really hear it. Oh originally. yeah, So you don't great. have to struggle with your own self. Sure,
1: sure. Hey, you mentioned that there's a third book on the horizon.
2: That's right. Um, it's going to be the first Moon Festival. Okay. Which is also known as the Mid-Autumn Festival. But I thought Moon Festival sounded cuter. But okay. <laughs> so can we expect that to be coming out maybe in the fall then? Exactly. So I think this year it's going to be the end of September is the festival. So I plan to publish it at least a month before then. Okay. So yeah, I'm putting like a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, <laughs> do all these on the schedule of Chinese holidays. But it's been happening so far. And, the you know, and the high quality too because if I just, you know, if I'm the kind of person who is able to just put out whatever and get it done Mm -hmm. my life would be so much easier but no matter what I take up I always have to push it to like the utmost professional level I possibly can right right. so both as a director of KCA and as an author I'm putting myself through a lot of unneeded work but at least the final result is amazing so hopefully you
1: all would enjoy it yeah where can we get the first Dragon Boat Festival book
2: Um, It's published both on Amazon, which is probably easiest, and Mm -hmm. also through Ingram Spark, which means that anyone can order it through any major bookstores, internet, like across the world. That's great. All you have to do is ask and they'll order it for you. All right. And where can we learn more about you, Sam? My website is lsamzhang.com. So my last name is Zhang, so Mm -hmm. Z as in zebra, H-A-N-G. And the same thing for my social media. So Instagram and Facebook at lsamzhang.com. Um, I'm actually doing a big book giveaway right now. So if you go to my Instagram or Facebook account, you have a chance to win a free copy of this book if you just follow directions on there, Three simple steps. So.
1: Oh, that's great. All <laughs> right. So everybody needs to visit the website. I've had a great time talking with you this morning. Thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Oh, it's always wonderful to be here. Thank you.
0: Thanks for taking some time this morning to join us on The Creative Cafe. We have enjoyed telling you a little bit about who we are as an arts council and what we do in the community. Arts and culture have always been a cornerstone of what makes Kalamazoo a great place to work and live. As a service organization, we've been proud to serve Kalamazoo since 1966. In the past five years alone, we have provided benefits to 585 individual artists and arts organizations, granted $865,000 to just under 400 grant recipients, produced 10 unique programs that serve artists, and have collaborated on 23 separate fiscal sponsorships and community projects, many of which are still in existence and serving our community. All this with an average staff size of six to eight in any given year. Small but mighty. That's the Arts Council. And now you know. Join us next week for another installment of the Creative Cafe. And until then, enjoy all that that creative expression has to offer.